on this episode of the Answers on Aging podcast. One of the purposes of today's episode is to make sure that if you have recently entered into a later in life marriage, or if your parents have, or if you're considering it, these are some important things to take note of and to plan for or try to prevent in that circumstance. Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This podcast provides solutions to your questions and commonly faced challenges about caregiving, legal, and financial issues, personal struggles associated with the normal aspects of aging, and the unforeseen obstacles that oftentimes can be life-altering and even devastating. Each episode dissects real life, real-time issues, and will often feature special guests who bring expert-level knowledge and free resources straight to you. This podcast is hosted by certified elder law attorney Todd Watley and licensed nursing home administrator Sarah Scott. Together, these aging experts bring an impressive combined 30-plus years of experience to the table in order to give you all the answers on aging. That's right. This is the Answers on Aging podcast, and this is a very sinusy, congested Todd <laughs> coming to you today, not feeling great. It's just kind of that time of the year, but thankfully, I am here with a very perky and feeling good co-host, Sarah Scott. Hey, Todd Watley, and welcome everybody to our wonderful podcast called Answers on Aging. And you know, Todd, I couldn't help but just think as you were talking about, even though you're kind of feeling cruddy yep. right now, yep. you're sticking it out. That is just a testament to how much this means to you and how dedicated you are. And it's because we just love old people. We do. And I've never been one to let sickness keep me from going to work, whatever, unless I was contagious. But yeah. My entire life, I've always had a job that I pretty much did not get paid unless I went to work. Mm -hmm. And so I've just never calling in sick. Meh. Yeah. Word to the wise, appreciate those sick days. (laughs) Appreciate those sick days. So today we are bringing you episode number 42. And we are going to answer the question, what do I need to know about later in life marriages? Mm. Which is, it's a very common it's much more common i think in the last 10 15 years than it has been previously and it's something that is a sensitive subject like many of our episodes however we have run into a lot of later in life marriages in your office recently which kind of spawned this episode today. Yeah, I mean, this is always a topic and it's, you know, that comes up quite often. And I think you will be surprised by some things and people who do come in, thankfully, they come to see me before they get married. Mm -hmm. There's some who come afterwards. And I'm just like, I actually have a kind of a funny story about that. My great aunt, um, who lived right behind me, the whole time growing up, her husband was very industrious, did fairly well in um, building cabinets mm-hmm. and did did very well. Well, he died and she called me one time. She said, hey, Todd, I just got remarried and life is good. And I said, well, congratulations. Tell me what's going on. And he was a little older than her and um, had some health problems. But, you know, I was like, okay. 
and um, I said, well, congratulations. Let me know if you know, anything goes wrong. And so she called me back. It's not long. I mean, it's like a year later. And she mm-hmm. said, Todd, he, he, you know, his health problems have now thrown him into a hospital and mm-hmm. I'm afraid he's going to go to a nursing home. And um, I said, well, all that money that your husband left you when he died is open to the Medicaid rules. And she's like, no. And I was like, yeah, that's true. And so, um, she called me back about six weeks later and she said, well, I'm divorced. (laughs) So I am Uh, not an advocate of divorce typically with Medicaid. Yeah. Other than late in life marriages, they will look at the assets. This guy, she married had nothing. And wow. so him going into a nursing home, they they would not just look at his assets, mm-hmm. but they were going to look at hers too. And so it was a big deal. And she, mm-hmm. you know, he was still, kind of, I don't think he was in the nursing home then, but it, you know, it, it was becoming probable and they got a divorce. Wow. Primarily over financial reasons. Goodness. That is so <laughs> sad. Well, and so one of the purposes of today's episode is to make sure that if you have recently entered into a later in life marriage, or if your parents have, or if you're considering it, these are some important things to take note of and to plan for or try to prevent in that circumstance. And so I think before we really dive into that later in life marriage that has already taken place, mm-hmm. um, we need to make sure that the listeners understand that just because you're married, whether it's your first and only marriage or your fourth marriage when you've, you know, after you've turned 75, um, just because you're married does not mean that you can legally sign documents or make healthcare decisions for your spouse <clears throat> just because you're their spouse. Yep. Sarah gets this all the time because she does the, the initial visits and people, you know, she, she says you need power of attorney and they come back and say, well, we're married. Why do we need power of attorney? And that is a very common misconception that just because you're married does not mean that you can sign documents for your spouse. Mm-hmm. And it also doesn't mean that you can make healthcare decisions or that you have access to get their medical records. So if you're not listed on your spouse's or on your kids or on whoever's HIPAA authorization release to obtain medical records for that person, legally, you're not supposed to have access to those. Nope. Nope. It so, is. Yeah. Take People note, are very surprised at that. Take so, note and make sure you've got those powers of attorney in place. Yeah. Just because you're married does not mean you're good to go. All right. So probably when people come to see me before they get married and, you know, they talk about it, particularly if you have assets, you, you want to seriously consider a prenuptial agreement. Uh-huh. And that is an agreement that both of you disclose all of your assets and typically in all the states, there are laws there to protect the spouse. When one spouse dies, part of their assets goes to that spouse to protect them. Mm-hmm. You can avoid that. You can both agree. We don't want to follow state law where your assets come to me or my assets go to you. And But you have to do that in a agreement. Both parties are represented by an attorney 
and you disclose all of your assets and say, I fully understand what I'm doing. I am agreeing not to be supported by you and you're agreeing not to be supported by me. If one of us passes away or even in a divorce, Mm -hmm. we take our assets, we, we brought with us. And so I do recommend that because, Mm -hmm. you know, unless you just really want to, you know, totally share assets and and fully understand it, at least think about it. Yeah. But most cases you want the money that you and your previous spouse made to go to your kids. And that's not typically how state law goes without um, the prenuptial agreement. Right. So while we're talking on prenups, let's just go ahead and dive right into how those either do or don't affect eligibility for Medicaid. And while I understand that Medicaid is state-specific, and this is a nation or worldwide, (laughs) world-famous podcast. (laughs) Okay. If y'all could just see him laughing right now. Um, But just for our state, just for Arkansas, okay, if you – have a later in life marriage and let's say the husband brings in half a million dollars and the wife only has a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. And the wife, no, the husband needs nursing home care and they need Medicaid to pay for it, but they've got that prenup in place. Does that have any bearings on what, they count or not in Medicaid. The prenup does nothing for Medicaid. Okay. They look at the assets of both spouses and count those. Okay. So if he with the most money goes into the nursing home, you know, they're going to say he has 500, she has 100, that's $600,000. They've got to do something with 300000 before he can qualify. Okay. And if you have listened to previous episodes, we can... T- we can get that person on Medicaid very quickly within a month Mm -hmm. doing the planning through Medicaid. But the planning is to get the money to the community spouse. Mm -hmm. In this situation, the community spouse is the one that did not bring the money into the marriage. And so we're, we're giving all this money to that spouse and that aggravates the kids. So just understand it's, it's a thing. Okay. Particularly if you are, Getting married and one spouse has more assets than the other, it's a thing. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, let's reverse it. Let's say the poorer spouse needs nursing home care. You would think, okay, once they burn through her $100,000, she's broke, she's on Medicaid. Nope. Nope. You guys spend three hundred, and so they start spending his $200,000, and the kids are aggravated about that. So please, please, please understand, you know, this is something you you need to talk about and plan for and meeting with an elder law attorney before you get married is so important mm-hmm. for those later in life marriages. Um, the meeting with an elder law attorney does not mean that's your counselor. So legal counsel doesn't equal I'm seeing a counselor. Yes, that is correct because um, you know, there are things you can do and, in those situations, well, the other thing you, you need to be concerned about, and then we'll lump all of these into what to do. The other thing is, particularly if a female is a widow and her previous husband was a veteran 
who served during a time of war, she is entitled to veteran spousal benefits Mm -hmm. unless she remarries. Yeah. So if she does remarry a non-veteran who was not a wartime veteran, she loses that benefit, which Mm -hmm. is about $1,200 tax-free per month to help her pay for care. You know, that that can pay for a substantial amount of home care, assisted living, whatever. But her remarrying cuts her off from the benefits from that previous spouse. Yeah, that's sad because, and it's also kind of confusing because while that new marriage is going to keep her from getting those benefits, if one of those spouses in the new marriage need Medicaid in a nursing home, the nursing home is way more generous to the married couple Mm -hmm. typically than they are the single person. And so it's like, well, okay, if you had the vet who was your husband that passed away, maybe you shouldn't get remarried. But it's it's tricky. So yeah, the the very different Asset levels, that's a concern. A loss of income is a concern. Um, and I don't fully understand Social Security. That's, you know, just just understand. It typically doesn't affect you too much, but it can limit what you get. And particularly right. if you're under the age of 60, there's some significant changes there. So, okay. so. How do we fix this? Okay, number one is if you come in to see me beforehand, okay, mm-hmm. I will tell you the the legal ramifications of what you're about to do, okay, to say you're going to lose this benefit, your assets will be subject to Medicaid, all of this stuff. And so there have been people who said, sounds like we don't need to get married. And I'm like, well... I'm not here to say yes or no, right. but I'm I'm just saying legally, here's what's going to happen if you do get married. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so what do we do? I said, well. That's on you. I'm your lawyer, <laughs> not your pastor. Okay. And so this, this generation does tend to be very religious. Oh, yeah. More religious. And they have a thing about living together and not being married. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, but Todd, we really want to live together. We're in love, and we, we don't know, don't want to be alone the end of our life. We really want to do this. How can we do it? I said, well, again, I'm your lawyer, not your pastor, but mm-hmm. here is one thing that I have had people do. Go to your pastor, talk to them, and sometimes your pastor will say, well, there is nothing in the Bible that says you have to fill out a marriage license to to be married. You just need to, whatever your religion requires, okay, that's what you need to do Mm -hmm. to have the religious um, acceptance acceptance of your marriage. And so there have been people who have gone through a wedding Mm -hmm. with the pastor and the vows and the witnesses and the music and singing and flowers and all of that stuff and never filled out a marriage license. Yeah. For for the government to prove that you were married. Now, please understand there are some states out there, Oklahoma is one that I am licensed in, they have common law marriages. Uh-huh. And so if you act as if you are married, you are married. That's crazy to me. I, I don't fully get it either. But um, so if you act 
if you live as if you were married, if you tell people you're married, you're technically married. And I don't, I'm not sure how they submit that to, to Medicaid. We've never done that yet with a Uh couple that was common law married, Uh but in your state, typically they ask us for a marriage license if yeah. someone is married. And if we cannot produce a marriage license, then they are not married. So therefore they're treated as a single person. Mm-hmm. And Medicaid for the married person is very generous if the the facts fit correctly. But there are times when it is better, like my aunt, it was better for her to be divorced because she brought all this money into the marriage. If you've been married 60 years, a divorce is not going to help you any because um, there is no prenuptial. You you gained everything together. And mm-hmm. so in very, very limited circumstances is a divorce a good thing to do if you're uh, applying for Medicaid as a married couple. The married couple rules are very, very generous. Mm-hmm. They sure are. So now we've kind of gone through all the legal ramifications or implications of when we're considering or just had this later in life marriage from the prenup and Medicaid planning. But man, nine times out of 10 in these later in life marriages, there's his kids and there's her kids. And that's where things get really sticky sometimes. The two biggest things people get divorced over is kids and money. And later in life, marriages are not immune from that. You've got your kids now with your new spouse. Are they aggravated? They think you're cheating on your dead spouse's, you know, on your dead spouse. Mm They're not used to seeing you with another person and, right. you know, the kids despise this person. You know, some do, some love them. Right. If you think of it as now there's a caregiver for dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm not on the hook as the adult child mm-hmm. to have to meet their needs, mm-hmm. you know, or how about this? This person really makes my mom or dad extremely happy yeah. and they're a better person without the previous spouse, mm-hmm. whether that's mom or dad or stepmom or stepdad. Yep. Um, it's definitely something that I just want to kind of drive home as a, a child of divorced parent. Well, I wasn't a child. I was in college when my parents divorced. They both remarried. I can, I can speak some truth to seeing a better version of mom and dad with their current spouses versus when they were together. It took some time. It took maybe a little bit of counseling, um, (laughs) but I got there and it works really well now. So um, I just really want to encourage those who are listening, um, whether you're considering a later in life marriage or you are an adult child of a parent in that circumstance, just Take yourself out of it for a second and think about how it's truly improving the life of your parent Mm -hmm. and don't be selfish about it because without that new spouse, you're going to be the one on the hook for making sure everything else gets done, including fulfilling their happiness. And you've got your own family and you've got your own life 
And do you really want your parent to have to depend on you for that? Most people would answer no. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, as the parents, just think about your kids. Mm -hmm. Try to, you know, do this early. Introduce them. make, Make sure that... They're okay with it. You know, not, mm-hmm. not that if they're not, you don't get married, but yeah. just try to open this up, have the discussion, have the hard discussion maybe to say, yeah. hey, we want to get married and we want y'all to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so let's talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you need more assistance with how to have a hard conversation, we have a really good episode on that early on in the, in the podcast episode. So look. I think it's conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. How do I make a With an tough expert decision yeah. or tough conversation easier? Yeah. yeah, with an expert in that, and um, always, always seek the advice of your own elder law attorney yep. when you're considering this, and um, make sure that what your decision implies is the best for your future and you consider your kiddos in it too yeah so please go before you get married but if it's even after you're married i would still go just make sure see what's going on see if there's anything you can do but you can definitely do something before you get married to protect that for sure well as always we are so happy to be bringing you a fresh new episode of answers on aging we are um, gaining more and more listeners and that's all thanks to you for sharing and liking and telling your friends and family about this podcast and we encourage you to leave reviews share keep sharing and please Stay tuned for next week when we will drop another episode. Hopefully I'll feel better. Yeah. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast with Todd and Sarah. Be sure to hit subscribe and keep tuning in each week as they bring you helpful, useful, and easy to find resources for making life as we age as simple and enjoyable as possible. For more information about this episode, visit AnswersOnAgingPodcast.com. Click on the show notes tab and take advantage of the free resources right there at your fingertips. To see Todd and Sarah live, check out our Facebook page, Answers on Aging, to catch a live feed of their radio show every Wednesday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock. Todd and Sarah welcome feedback and love to answer your questions. So please, let them know what you think by leaving a review and share with your friends and family.